Well, g'day, my name's Matt. I'm one of the student ministers here at CPC. And it's my pleasure to be with you today to bring you God's word uh, as we look together at the book of Obadiah. If you haven't already got a Bible out in front of you, can I encourage you to go get this out now uh, as we're going to read back through the book of Obadiah. We're then going to work out what Obadiah is saying in this prophecy against Edom. And then we're going to apply the passage to our lives through Jesus. It'll also be handy to have a copy of the service outline in front of you uh, as there's some New Testament passages that we'll look at as we apply this passage to our lives. Before we begin, let's pray and ask God for his help. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the opportunity to meet together today. We give thanks for your word in the book of Obadiah. I pray that by your spirit that you'll help us to focus well, not to be distracted, and to understand what this message is saying. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in this lockdown period, Janie and I have been watching a lot of movies. We've probably watched more movies in the last four months than probably the last four years. And recently, we watched the movie Taken. You know, the one with Liam Nielsen, who plays this ex-CIA agent who has a whole range of destructive skills. And when his daughter is kidnapped, he comes out of retirement and goes searching for his daughter. And you see, he's got 48 hours to find her before she's gone before she disappears forever into the murky underworld as a sex slave. But the kidnappers, they have no idea what's coming for them. And one by one, they meet their doom in the very hands of one very, very angry father. And in the film, he was sending a pretty clear message as he took down the criminal empire. You mess with my family, you're messing with me. Well, this week at church, we're looking at the book of Obadiah. We're going to see how God reacts when other people mess with his people. And that God is ruling and he will treat you as you've treated others. All right. Well, the book of Obadiah is written by a bloke called Obadiah around about 586 B.C., Now, we don't know much about who Obadiah was. We we only have his name. But Obadiah has been given a vision from God. And he prophesies that the nation of Edom will be destroyed because of how they've treated their brother, nation Israel. Now, who is Edom and why is God so angry with them? Well, for a bit of context and maybe a bit of revision from last year for those who remember our Genesis series. Remember Jacob and Esau, the twin sons of Isaac, who were also the grandsons of Abraham. Well, remember how Jacob and Esau both both fought against each other, even in their mother's womb. Remember how there's enmity against them because Esau felt Jacob had cheated himself out of his birthright privilege when Jacob pretended to be Esau so that his father Isaac would bless him. Well, during their lives, both Esau and Jacob received other names. Esau was known as Edom, and Jacob was known as Israel. And these names were adopted by the nation descended from these two men. And the hostility that began with these two brothers 
Well, it continued long after the death of these two nations. With both these brother nations fighting against each other at various times during Israel's history. But when Jerusalem fell in around 587, 586 BC to the Babylonian Empire, Israel's brother nation, Edom, that didn't come to help. But instead, Edom took delight in how the Babylonian Empire had plundered Israel. And then the Edomites themselves inflicted further pain and suffering on God's covenant people. And because of this, God provides his messenger, Obadiah, with a vision of what's coming for Edom. He begins his vision by saying an envoy, a messenger has been sent out to all the surrounding nations, telling them to prepare for battle against Edom. And Obadiah says to Edom, you're going to be destroyed because of your pride against God. You see, the Edomites, they thought they were invincible. They thought they were indestructible, that they'd soar like eagles high above their enemies where no one could get them. And why did they think that? Well, because Edom was actually a pretty hard place to wage war. I mean, the the, the city was was located in the the rocky crags towering over the Dead Sea. So the natural defences meant that foreign armies couldn't easily attack them. So they thought they'd be sweet and safe. But the Lord's vision to Obadiah is quite different. God says that even though they feel safe and secure, he will bring them down. He will destroy them because of their pride. Have a look with me. Obadiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Obadiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. The vision of Obadiah. This is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. We've heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise, let us go against her for battle. See, I'll make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, Who could bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. So Obadiah is saying to Edom, because of their pride and arrogance, where they've they've puffed themselves up above others, God will humble them and make them small. He will treat them as they've treated others. Then Obadiah says how Edom will be destroyed. And he first says that Edom's coming destruction will be far worse than they could ever imagine. He compares it to the fate as being worse than being robbed by thieves, who at least leave something behind. But when the nations come against Edom, they won't leave anything behind. They will be plundered. They will be completely and utterly destroyed. He then tells them how Edom will be destroyed, saying that their allies, their business partners who'd made treaties and business deals with, they will turn against them by tricking them into a false sense of security. And it will come as a complete surprise to the Edomites. Verse 2. 
He then says, all the people of Edom will be destroyed. Doesn't matter who you are, whether you're an SAS soldier or a Supreme Court judge, everyone will be destroyed. Verses 5 to 9. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what disaster awaits you? Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, those of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, ten men, will be terrified and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. So Obadiah is saying, it doesn't matter how secure you feel, Edom, you're going to be destroyed. You won't know it's coming. You'll be wiped off the map. Now, you might be wondering, why did God choose this particular nation to be destroyed? Well, now we find out in verses 10 to 14, Obadiah now says why Edom will be destroyed. And and Obadiah says God is angry at Edom because when Jerusalem fell and when it was attacked in about 586 BC, Edom didn't do anything to help the Israelites. Instead of coming to their brother nation's aid, they instead cheered on the Babylonian Empire as they plundered Israel and carried away their wealth. The the Edomites gloated over their demise. And then they took advantage of Israel's destruction. The Edomites came and looted Israel's wealth. And the Edomites then captured any fleeing Israelites. Then handed them over to their enemies. Uh, Imagine, it's a bit like your brother and sister's house is just burnt down in a bushfire. Instead of helping them, you go to the house and, and take away their, their flat screen TV. Obadiah says to Edom, because of how you've treated your brother, you're now God's enemy. You're now covered in shame. You'll be destroyed forever. Verses 10 to 14. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. You should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor gloat over them in their calamity in the day of their disaster, nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down the fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of their trouble. Well, then in verses 15 to 16, we get to the hinge, the hinge point of Obadiah's prophecy. So far in Obadiah, We've heard about what God will do to Edom. 
that they'll be destroyed. Now, Edom was a nation that existed, you know, two and a half thousand years ago. And when we read about it, they may not seem that relevant, considering Edom wasn't a, a big superpower like other nations were. And you might think, why is this small book about Eden's destruction in the Bible? Well, in verses 15 to 16, the story of Obadiah turns. And we can see us in the future here. Edom is example for all of us. The judgment that Obadiah is prophesying about Edom won't just happen to them, but to all nations, all nations, all prideful nations like Edom who don't acknowledge God, who've hurt God's people. And because of what they've done, they will now have to drink the full cup of God's wrath. They will now face judgment. Verses 15 to 16. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you've done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. Just as you drank on my holy hill, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and drink and be as if they had never been. Then Obadiah finishes by, by contrasting Israel's future with Edom's fate. And now you have to remember, the Israelites, they have been destroyed. Jerusalem had fallen they have been plundered. All, all, all the surrounding nations, they've, they've gone in and, and looted away their wealth. And even worse, Israel has been betrayed by their brother Edom, who are now dancing on their grave. Where, where's Israel's justice? Where is the hope from God? This isn't right. This isn't the way things should be. But as we see, this isn't the end of the story. There is hope for Israel. They will survive. And what's more, Obadiah says, all the Israelites, including those far away in exile, they will now get to possess the full extent of the promised land. Israel will be restored. But Edom and all the nations who, who don't acknowledge God, who've hurt his people, they will be destroyed. God's people will be saved. God's enemies will be destroyed. Verses 17 to 21. But on Mount Zion will be deliverance. It will be holy and Jacob will possess his inheritance. Jacob will be a fire and Joseph a flame. Esau will be a stubble and they will set him on fire and destroy him. There will be no survivors from Esau. The Lord has spoken. People from the Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau and people from the foothills will possess the lands of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim and Samaria and Benjamin will possess Gilead. This company of Israelite exiles who are in Canaan will possess the land as far as Zarephath. The exiles from Jerusalem who are in Sepharad will possess the towns of the Negev. Deliverers will go up to Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau and the kingdom will be the Lord's. All right. Well, can you see what's here in the book of Obadiah? Edom were proud, so they'll be humbled. Edom will be pillaged and destroyed 
because they pillaged and destroyed God's kingdom. And God will treat all nations that are against him the same way. But God's kingdom will be restored. All right, well, let's think about how we can apply this passage to our lives. Our first application point is that God's judgment is coming. Now, friend, if, you, if you're here today and you're not currently a Christian, you need to listen to the warning in Obadiah. God's judgment is coming for those who oppose him. It doesn't matter how secure you may feel here on earth. It doesn't matter how powerful you are, how young you are, how healthy you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much money you've donated to charities and, and been a good person. If you're God's enemy, you'll be judged. And don't be fooled like the Edomites who thought they were safe and secure. You can't hide from God. Everyone will have to stand before God and give account for their lives. As we see in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 10, which is on your outline, have a read with me, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, on your outline. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for things we have done while in the body, whether good or bad. Friend, if you stand against God, you'll be judged. You won't escape his fury. But friend, there is hope in Jesus. And that leads us to application number, number two, Jesus saves. Friend, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your saviour yet, the, the good news is it's not too late. If, if you want to escape God's anger and judgment and have access to eternal life, it is possible through Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It, it doesn't matter if you've ignored or rejected God or, or never taken him seriously. Jesus has done everything it takes to receive forgiveness from God and give you a place in his family. It's why he, he died on the cross and rose again. He did it to take the punishment you deserved, which is God's judgment and death. Do, do you realize that, that God loves you so much that while, you, while you're enemies with God, Jesus died for you? If you don't want to be an enemy of God, if you don't want God to be angry with you anymore, all you need to do is say sorry Ask for forgiveness and put your trust in Jesus. Have a read with me on your outline, Romans 5, verses 8 to 9. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? So, friend, what are you waiting for? Do it today. Do it now. Stop ignoring God. Put your faith in Jesus. Because Jesus is the only way you can be truly saved. But friend, if you're here tonight and you are a Christian, this passage is good news for you as well. God is not distant or far away. He knows 
and sees how you've been mistreated, how you've been mocked by those around you for, for giving up the pleasures of this world because you care more about what God thinks. Like, like the people who, who think you're, you're crazy for going to church on a Sunday morning instead of going to the beach. Or who think you're crazy for abstaining from having sex until marriage. Or think you're, you're crazy for, for staying single instead of marrying this attractive non-Christian person. Or think it's crazy that, that you'd lose the chance of being promoted because you choose to instead to serve at church and go to Bible study rather than clocking up those big hours in the office. Friend, God cares about how you're treated. Just like he cared about how Israel was treated, he will punish those who've mistreated you. God adores you. God loves you. As 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10 says, again on your outline, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in a blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. Friend, all that brokenness you're feeling now, God knows and God cares for you. He will pay back those who've mistreated you. And he promises a day when every wrong is righted, when you can live securely in God's presence, in a new heaven and new earth. But as Christians, this passage also brings us a challenge. How we treat our Christian brothers and sisters matters to God. Friend, how are you going with loving your church family? How are you going with loving those in your Bible study group or at youth group? Do you spend more time socialising or trying to impress your, your non-Christian friends than your Christian brothers and sisters? Do you take advantage of your Christian friend's kindness? Friend, hear, hear what this passage is saying. How we treat other Christians matters to God. And you know what, friends? This prophecy did come true. God's people did eventually come back to Jerusalem. And Edom was destroyed. The nation of Edom ceases to exist doesn't exist anymore and through jesus the book of obadiah will be fulfilled just like in the movie taken if you mess with god's family you mess with god whoever harms god's people will face god's judgment so for those who haven't accepted jesus you need to hear the warning judgment is coming but for those who are christian hear the encouragement the day is coming when Jesus will bring an end to all the suffering we're experiencing. 
And friend, in the meantime, we need to be looking after our fellow Christians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word in the book of Obadiah. We thank you that you're a God who is just, who cares for your people, who looks after them, and who is sovereign over all things. Father, as we leave today, I pray you help each of us to understand what this message says. I pray for those of us who haven't, haven't accepted Jesus as our Saviour yet, that they'll hear the message and know that we are only saved from coming judgment because of what your Son, Jesus, has done. I pray for those of us who are Christian, that they'll hear the message of encouragement that this passage brings, that you'll bring justice on those who mis- mistreat us. Help us, Father, to, to love our fellow Christians and that we'll be always living for you and your kingdom, now and forever. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.